quick reminder, you can find us on Instagram at Atomic Moms, on Facebook, Atomic Moms page, Twitter at Atomic Moms. Shocking. Shocking. And please leave us reviews on iTunes under Atomic Moms and subscribe so you get it every single week because it's every Wednesday, people. So uh, subscribe and leave us a review and read the other reviews because they're pretty awesome. We're pretty fantastic. Would you say first? I'd say our review reviewers are fantastic. Well, but we're all yeah, we're all fantastic. Everyone wins. We're all good. Hi guys. Hello. We're always very excited, but you know what? I never sit on your left side <laughs> or your right <laughs> side. <laughs> you, at your house, you do. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Not at yours. We're in Venice right now. <laughs> do you guys get a little bit of whiplash? We jump from studio to Ellie's house to my house. It's nice. It it's a field trip. Talking about yeah. field trips. Exactly. Right. We're whispering a little bit because little Miss Magnolia is still down napping. One of our babies is always asleep, <laughs> which is lovely. We're not complaining. No. So it's the only way to do it. But we want to talk to you guys about our guest today. You're going to want to stick around. Janet Lansbury is our guest. For those of you who don't know, she is an incredible author. She has written No Bad Kids, which is Toddler Discipline Without Shame, and also Elevating Child Care, A Guide to Respectful Parenting. And she has a super, super, super popular blog at JanetLansbury.com. Yeah, and she specializes in rye parenting, which we're going to learn all about that. I was a newbie to this. Ellie is, knows uh, quite a bit about it, especially after she's read <laughs> Janet's book. <laughs> guys, and the difference is today, I actually read the book. Bianca read the books, guys. <laughs> so Janet should be super flattered. <laughs> this is a first. <laughs> it's a groundbreaking moment on Atomic Moms. Um, and if, in case you're wondering, rye stands for Resources for Infant Educarers. So we're going to find out more about that. And I can't wait to talk to her about disciplining toddlers because uh, Sabrina's two in September. <laughs> She's full on toddler. I know. And we had a very interesting airplane ride yesterday with Magnolia. So I have a very specific example to ask her about. So it'll be fun. Let's do this. Ah! Hey guys, we're back. We're back with Janet Lansbury. Woohoo! So many moms <laughs> just got excited. Hi. <laughs> Hello. Okay. We would like to jump in with rye parenting. Can you please describe to our listeners what rye parenting is and how you came uh, to find it and make it your life passion? Okay. Uh, so what is different about rye parenting is that we perceive a newborn baby as a whole person. A lot of people do this naturally. I definitely would not have done this naturally. What happened to me was that I was I was a new mom. I thought it was all going to be easy and like it was just something I'd look forward to my whole life. Happily ever after for me was not getting married, meeting a prince, but having a baby. And I knew this was going to be my life was going to be great from there on. All my instincts would just be perfect, and I'd just know what to do. And so I was very surprised that I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing all day long with my baby. I mean, obviously I knew she needed to have her diaper changed and be fed, and I breastfed, and she needed to go to sleep. But the rest of the time, I thought I needed to entertain her and keep her busy, keep her mind occupied, you know, teach her. So I had her on a lot of different tables in a seat, you know, strapped into a seat, 
and I was talking to her, playing music for her. I remember I had this one thing. It was a little cow stuffed animal, and you pulled the string, and it played Mary Had a Little Lamb. I have no idea why that was even made everything more confusing. With the cow. (laughs) Yeah, why? (laughs) So random, but... I was doing that for her. I was attached to the light um, fixture above the dining room table. She was in the middle of the dining room table. Anyway, I was doing constant stimulation with her. So then one day, and I was very overwhelmed. I was having panic attacks. I was depressed. I was just really lost and tired, very tired, because if you're working all day long, besides when you need to be present for your child, you're going to get tired. And then I happened to be reading a magazine, L.A. Parent magazine, actually, and there was an article about how to raise a more creative child or something like that. And, of course, I'm very interested in creativity, so I was reading that, and I don't know how I was even reading anything at that point, but I was reading that, Mm -hmm. and there was something in there from Magda Gerber, who ended up being my mentor and just the most wonderful person in my life, or one of the most wonderful people in my life powerful people in my life. So she said, there's all this article about blah, blah, blah. Who knows what it was about? I don't remember. And then there was a quote from her. Take the mobile off the bed, take care of their needs, and leave them alone. And that was the strangest thing I'd ever heard. <laughs> like, so I have opposite. one on my dining room table. Like, <laughs> right. Leave them up? alone. Like, what does that mean? It sounds weird. But it was so different from the stimulation, stimulation approach that I had read about, where it's, well, at this age, you play this game with them, and then when they're that, they, you do that with them, and it was all about stimulating them. Mm. So this sounded so different and just bizarre that I kept it just, you know, in my mind and put it, there was an, a phone number at the end for Rye. And one day, a few weeks later, I just couldn't get it out of my mind that this woman knows something I need to know. I don't know what it is. And so I called, and I was living in Venice, and there was uh, Magda Gerber was teaching in Silver Lake, but there was a class in Santa Monica. So I said, okay, I'll go to that. So I brought my daughter. I, here's the daughter of an entertaining nonstop. She was three and a half months old, and they said, just lay her down on her back on this blanket right here and sit next to her and just observe her and see what she does. So there were some other babies a little bit older crawling around. I laid her down, and the class was two hours at that time, and for two hours she laid there on her back just looking around, very peaceful, very content. Didn't even look at me really till the end. (laughs) Didn't need me, obviously. And it was like she was having this finally she's out of my face moment and so I saw for the first time I saw my daughter I saw oh my gosh she's a separate person she's totally different from me she's got her own thing going she's got her own thoughts to think and figure out why she's here and who knows but that was the first time I saw that she was not just this really needy part of me that she was a whole person and I got hooked because I was fascinated by her, and suddenly, you know, I was really impressed by her that she <laughs> could hang out like that for two hours. And of course, I wanted to make that happen as much as possible, <laughs> so I wouldn't have to do so much work. So that's what I did, and uh, then I learned more and more about it and how to uh, create a safe play environment at your home. So when 
their needs have been met, you can uh, you can just sit with them and watch them like I was doing in that class, or you could walk away, tell them, tell your child, I'm going to go to the bathroom, or I'm going to go do something in the kitchen, and go do it, and come back, and usually it was fine. There were times when they'd protest, and you'd say, okay, it's really just going to be a minute, I will be back, I'm hearing, you're not liking this right now. So you can interact with them as people, and you can be yourself with your child, even from the beginning. So that was a big awakening for me and definitely something I got hooked on. And once you start to see that way, you can't go back to the other way you were seeing. So it's pretty powerful. When people get into this, they just want to know more and more and more. And, you know, it's very unique in that way that I think we're, we're pretty much the only ones teaching this right now. Well, and I feel like, too, there's some, I mean, it is very instinctual. I think the layers of stuff that we've heard and read and that have kind of maybe clouded our judgment as parents. Because what's interesting is when I was listening to your book, I listened to it and you read it. So I was already very familiar with your voice, but I, I was like, Oh, a lot of this stuff is stuff that when I didn't really know what to do and was just like, this feels right. Like it was generally speaking the stuff that felt right. It's when I would try and do other things on top of that, that, you know, because I saw other people doing it or I was told this is the better way or whatever, that would feel more awkward. So I do think that a lot of the right parenting to me seems like it's more of an instinctual based form of parenting, but we've just gotten so far removed from that. I think you have really good instincts then that you feel that way. Well, good. (laughs) (laughs) Healthy instincts because what it is is, yeah, trusting your child and trusting yourself that what they're doing is enough, that we don't need to add on more, that we don't need to do more. And it's hard to trust when everyone's saying, how many classes are they in a week? What, what do you mean they're not in classes and learning this and that? And you know, it's easy to get swayed at that stage of life. We're all very, very insecure and right. ready to be told you know, we're wrong and we should do this and that. And it's hard to... So believing in your child is something you can do, but it's... it's uh, you've, it's hard to keep the faith and keep keep the strength because right. they can't really tell you yet. And that's what Rise all about. It's before they can tell you. That's what's so important about this time. Uh, and you give these tools for communicating with your children before while they're pre-verbal. And, and the way that you're able to, when I'm reading it, I'm like, oh, yeah, I do need to simplify my language for her and be more direct and clear. And I think overall reading your work what excites me the most or like gets me weirdly emotional is the idea that like of course like I want to treat my daughter the way that I have always wanted to be treated myself I want her to know that no matter what she's experiencing in life or how she's feeling or how bonkers she is with hormones or whatever that like I'm there for her like I'm a container for her I will never walk away from her and she can feel whatever she wants to feel I won't agree with it all the time and she can't act and I love how you talk about like you can feel and please jump in because you're you saying it'll be better than me saying it but what I interpreted (laughs) was (laughs) that you know my daughter can have all the feelings she wants to have like that's her right as a human being on this planet, I think, is that she gets to feel everything 
but she doesn't get to do everything. Like I, I, there are many times when I can say, I won't let you do this. And that phrase that you gave all of these mothers and me, is like so huge. I won't let you do this because that feels, um, it doesn't feel manipulative. It feels super direct and it feels like honest, but not like I'm taking something away from her or I'm not shaming her. Yeah. Just, I, I won't let you do this. And, and so for all those mothers out there that are like, oh, I feel weird about boundaries or I have a hard time with my out of control kid because I don't want to crush her spirit, like go find these books because you listeners have been hearing me go through this over the months and months and months. And like, this is the way I have found to like let my little like wild spirit, the daughter like shine and, and still have limits. And I'm still learning. So we have a million questions, but that's, well, that's a really good point. They can't be little children unless they have us comfortable being the parent, being the one that says, I won't let you, I can't let you, I don't want you to do this. Um, this is what I'm going to do. I can't be with you right now. All of those things are what free them, their spirit, free them to be kids. If we're not doing that, then they have to keep trying to see, okay, what if I do this and what if I do that? And, and you know, what are you going to do if I do this and that? And they get very caught up in looking for a leader instead of being a kid. So if we can just assume that role yes. soon, that's, it's exactly the opposite of our fear. We're afraid we're going to crush their spirit. We are freeing their spirit by saying, no, I'm going to stop you. I won't let you do this. All of those things, you know, it's just, it's being a parent. So it's, it's kind of reframing love in a way, you know, that's how I see it a lot of times. Cause I'm also the good time, Charlie. I don't, everybody just be happy. You know, <laughs> I don't want to make anybody disappointed. I'm yeah, let's have a party. I'm not that person, but I had to be for my oldest daughter because the same girl that showed me she could be so self-possessed at three months old continued to be very self-possessed in a way that she really showed me I needed to pull something out of myself that I didn't even know was there. This person that could be stronger than her, be a, be a leader, you know, so strong that I could do it with a smile. So strong that I didn't have to make a face. You know, a lot of th- times I realize parents, when I say firm, parents are thinking they have to make like a stern face or be stern. And it's actually the opposite. You want to be certain, so certain that nothing you say could budge me right now, my darling. I adore you. And the answer is going to stay the same. That kind of comfort. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I had an experience yesterday. I feel like my daughter is 16 months and Ellie's daughter is almost two. two. It's been an interesting journey for us because they're at a little bit of different stages and, and it's been interesting to watch um, Ellie and Sabrina kind of ahead of us. I'm like, oh, that's what's coming next, you know? But I just stopped breastfeeding. That's right, everyone. I'm done. This has been a, a whole a whole journey with our listeners have been on it with me. Um, and I, I finished last week and I f- feel so good about it. And I just feel like the timing was perfect. But, you know, it, it brings up some stuff. And so we were in Seattle visiting my family and we came home on a flight. And I have been listening to your book and she had a little bit of a meltdown on the plane. Now it was entirely, we did not set her up to succeed. 
because there were very many factors. She had just woken up from a two-hour nap. We took her straight to the airport. She had no time to get out and stretch and get that energy out or do whatever she needed to do. And then she really didn't get a proper meal. So by the time we got on the plane and sat her down and said, oh, now for two hours, almost three hours, you're sitting here, she was not down with that. But I didn't have my old breastfeeding trick to go back to where I could settle her. And we all lost it a little bit. And the thing that I wanted to ask you about is that I got very frustrated and I ended up taking out my frustration on my husband because I couldn't take my frustration out on her. And really, at the end of the day, the frustration was on myself because I felt incompetent. I felt like I've just read and heard all of these amazing ideas, which I agree with, and yet I don't, I still don't know the right words to say. And so it's like speaking a different language where I feel like, I feel, to be completely honest, I felt like an idiot. I felt like, oh my God, I sound stupid saying this to her because I don't know if it's, if I'm, I'm using the right words or if I'm using, you know, and then she just didn't want to hear anything. She didn't want to hear me say like, I know you're upset. I know you're for any of that. Um, And she ended up, they put the tray down of food on my husband's tray table and she kicked it and it almost went onto the man's lap across the aisle from us who was already (laughs) not happy with us. And, um, then I just set her down in the little, you know, area between our legs and the seat. And she found something in the pocket that was really fascinating to her. And then she was quiet. And I was like, I didn't really need to do anything. Like she just wanted to be on her own. She just wanted to. So, you know, for me, it was like, sometimes you're trying to do all the right things and it just, it feels like it doesn't work. And I know that's probably not the right words, but you're not getting I guess what I'm really saying is I'm not getting the response that I want, right? Which is for her to say, okay, mom, sure. I'll (laughs) I'll stop or whatever and not have a feeling. Yeah. So that's not working. That's not, yeah. Oh, I'm going to say that to my husband. I'm not going to have a feeling. (laughs) (laughs) So we have to redefine works in that situation. Yeah. Obviously you don't want to set yourself up to have to do this when you're on a plane and the situation isn't that great. So you made some blunders just in the setup or just it was the way it turned out or whatever. Yes. Now can we hear more about what you did say so I can Yeah. yeah. Or how Um, exactly what went down? Right. So it was for a while she was, and, and this was the big question that came up before this even happened. Cause I was sitting there and I was like, what about when you're in situations where you don't have the luxury to allow the child to do whatever they want to do because you're in a confined situation and to walk down the aisle is unsafe for her while the plane is taking off, you know? So, you know, at first she was sitting there and she was very happy to have some books in her lap and play with those. And I have make a little baggie of simple toys for her to play with. She was into those. And then there was food that came out and then after that it was just like I'm done with all this and I want to scream and shout and yell and be and the more that we tried to kind of keep her in our laps the more she rallied against that and then it was the meltdown of screaming crying and then the food arrived so it was even more important that we kind of keep her contained and she of course bucked that and kicked that and got that out of there and so I tried by starting and you know I'll just preface this by saying that this is all new to me. So I was trying my best, but I was saying, you know, I know this must be frustrating for you to sit here and be still. I know that it wasn't fair how we didn't let you run around until you got here. I'm sorry that you have to sit here and, and do this. 
And then it just went out of control (laughs) because then she was like flailing even more. And then I think I could feel my frustration come up. And once that came up, I realized, well, I'm having a very intense reaction. And now she's feeling that because I got scared and I got frustrated. We're going to take a really quick moment. Hey guys, it's Bianca. So during the break, my daughter Magnolia woke up from her nap and came into the room where we were recording with Janet. And Janet started to ask her a few questions about her experience on our flight when I got frustrated and took that frustration out on Magnolia's father, my husband, Michael. I was so blown away by the intensity and focus with which Magnolia locked on Janet when she was speaking to her about her experience. And it really solidified and made me realize how important it is to validate our kids' feelings and to allow them the space to talk about them. Even when we think, especially in these early years, that they doesn't seem like they have much to say, I realized how wrong I was in this moment with my daughter. And Ellie and I really wanted to share it with you. I apologize because we weren't planning on recording it. So Magnolia is a little far away from the microphone. It's a little difficult to hear her sometimes. But also further into the conversation, I motioned for our nanny Jessica to come and take Magnolia without making sure that Magnolia was prepared or ready to leave. And that opened up a whole new can of worms (laughs) for Janet to again teach us and guide us and show us uh, how much our kids need us to be present with them and just to let them know what's going on. And um, so Ellie and I really wanted to share this with you and uh, hope you enjoy. I apologize. I said I'm sorry. But you still yelled at Papa. Let's not <laughs> let that go by. <laughs> but I still yelled at Papa. She has a right to yes. own that. <laughs> Don't take that away from me, Mom. <laughs> So. What was that like when your mom when your mom yelled at your, your papa? Papa. Was papa sad? Uh, no. Papa. Did he look disappointed? Uh, was he yeah? Was was it scary for you when mama yelled? Um, mama. Mama yelled. On the plane. Mama. Mama yelled on the plane. Papa. At Papa. Poor Papa, right? He was trying really hard and he got yelled at. Papa. Papa. And then Mama said, I'm sorry. We all breathed. Yeah. So sometimes children will want to, I mean, I kind of led that, but sometimes children will want to go over those moments and that's how they process it and that's how they, sometimes they'll play through something, play it out somehow that you won't recognize as part of that or maybe you will. But they often need to go over those those difficult moments again and again to try to understand and just kind of get it out of their body and like understand it. Yeah. On the plane. That was kind of strange, right? When 
Papa, he got yelled at. What did Papa do? Did Papa yell? No, he got Papa. Papa. Right. Bring. On the plane. Yeah. Papa. It doesn't usually feel good to have Mama and Papa not happy with each other. Papa. When you're in a Papa. kind of stressful situation. Papa. 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 It's so it's so interesting too, like in this moment, sitting here and just letting her express herself. Like my I can feel my stomach wanting to be like direct her somewhere else right now you know like I can feel myself wanting to be like okay and now we're doing this you know instead of just like but in doing it and I realizing how much she actually has to say well but what you're describing is what we all feel to some extent and this is really the challenge the biggest challenge of parenting and when I go around and do talks yeah uh, and keynotes and things I my topic is the challenge to let feelings be nurturing emotional health the challenge to let feelings be that's what I often talk about because that remains the biggest challenge for me even though I know what I know and I've been trying practicing this for a long time and teaching other people but to really just let something be and what I was going to say is on the airplane, if you could say you were on the right track, you seem really frustrated. Stop right there mm. and not trying to wrap it all up and da 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 yeah. You couldn't walk in that. You were saying too much. And too I much. think your intent will come through. So it's not even about the words, worrying about saying the right words. It's really considering... I enjoyed sharing that story with you. Oh, you wanted to sit with your mom. You wanted to stay with her. You want to stay with me? You weren't ready. Yeah, sometimes too, we want to tell you beforehand, we want to give you a little warning that that's right. what's going to happen because you weren't ready. Mom, I don't want to go away from my mom right now. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't take me away from my mom. Yeah. And then give me a chance. If it's if it's really time to go, then let me know. Yeah, it's really time to go. I'm not beating up on you. <laughs> By the way, I will totally uh, take the fall for this one because I nodded to Jessica and said it was time. <laughs> so it's old habits. Those, yeah. those old habits. And I mean, it's obviously in that moment and she sits back down and she's she instantaneously went to calm uh, I realized like wow she she didn't you know need to be grabbed like that I didn't need to just send her off without letting her know that that's what we were doing yeah. but those are the old habits yeah. that's the way and I've just, been doing you're not it. different like welcome yeah. to so, so right now the best way to do that would be to tell her to say in a couple of minutes it's going to be time to go with Jessica Jessica Magnolia. So after you look at those books for a, that look book for a bit and sit with your mother for a bit, it's going to be time to go with Jessica. Um, and sometimes even you can say, can you let us know? Can you look at us when you're ready to go? Where is she going to go with Jessica? Anyway? To the park. Oh, you're going to go to the park. So park. So when you're ready to go to the park, will you let us know? 
And she okay. just, for our listeners, she just walked off with Jessica, <laughs> ready to go. That's. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Okay, that was, I felt like I was on the hot seat as a young child in school again. <laughs> I got suddenly very sweaty and, well, it's, you know, it's just, it's, you want to, and then that's the hardest part. You want to do it the right way. And, you know, it, it just all of a sudden makes you realize how often you're not even thinking about their feelings or what they want or you're trying to fix or change their feelings well right? you're just demanding you're dictating you're not you're totally not thinking about it as like it's a separate person it's more like it's a doll that just kind of comes around with you everywhere um yeah. and so that was really powerful to hear her keep saying papa and plain i mean you don't like to think of the fact that like your child was aware that you yelled at your husband on the plane i mean i don't want to think and of myself her that deep breath yeah. Which led to all of us breathing more, like the release of tension there or whatever might, she might have been holding on. That was pretty magical. Yeah. And then when Jessica went to take Magnolia away and that upset Magnolia because it came out of the blue and it was like unsettling. When we gave Magnolia the opportunity to sort of process that she was going to the park, um, that it didn't take any longer. It, you know, took, that's it was amazing. literally it's five so, seconds. Because I'm sure there's at least one person out there who's like, oh, great. Now it's going to take them 30 minutes to get the kid off the mom's lap. She'll never do it. But that's not what happened. Like, she was told where she was going to go next. She was sort of given her, she was given the opportunity to say, like, okay, I'm ready to go now. And then, and, and she, she did went it so easily without herself. any drama. No, she totally just moved and slipped off the chair and off she went with a big old smile on her face. That's been yeah. the coolest thing with goodbyes were hard for us for a little bit. And that was the greatest thing ever was reading what you said about, you know, you have to say goodbye. You can't just disappear on your children. Or you didn't say it. I feel weird. I don't want to put words <laughs> in your mouth. That was my interpretation of what you said. Yeah. That no. I can't just slip away because then she's going to end up with like separation anxiety disorder or, you know. Or she'll never want to play focused again because right. why should, why, I, if I get deep in focus, people might just be gone. Oh and like, it's I like guess, so like I've got to keep my eye on my mom, you know. That's exactly what we don't yes. want, but that's what we teach it's, them without meaning to teach them, yeah. And when I say goodbye now, sometimes she won't be ready. And then we'll look at a book together or something, and they'll be like, okay, I'm, gonna, I'm going now. Um, and she always just waves, and she's cool with it. And then I'm the one who's like, oh, I'm not as cool with it as she is. But you're being cool with it enough that she's just waving and letting you go. Yeah. That's the thing. The way you said it, I mean, and that's a big one, too, is the separations. And is oftentimes the parent, we get a good test of this in my classes because – we have a gated-in room that we're all in, but then the parents will get up to go to the bathroom sometimes. That's pretty much the only reason they leave. And then sometimes they'll say, okay, I'm going to the bathroom. Okay, uh, <laughs> all right. And then the child's like, eh. And, they're, and their parents still staying there going, okay, you know, I'm, I'll be right back. I'll be right back, really. I'll just take a minute, da, 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 you know, selling them on it. Yeah, you know, and you just saying that made me nervous because I was like, "Oh, I'm nervous for you now." <laughs> yeah, so you put yourself in the child's position. That's that's what I do when I'm 
uh, working with parents is for some reason it's I think that's why I can do this is that I'm yeah. really good at I don't know whatever for whatever reason I'm still stuck in toddlerhood but I'm really good at seeing from that point of view and saying wait a second I'm not gonna let you go you're making me really nervous about you going yeah. you don't seem okay with going I should right. protect you mom yeah you really what's wrong about this is a being. unsafe situation you're telling right. me this is bad and then that's but that's commonly what happens at preschool at uh, you know whenever it is I'm just yeah. leaving to go to work and it's this we take too long we're not we don't say yeah I hear you don't like that I still need to go and I will be back you know that kind of comfort in our choice is the key to to all of it so what i wanted to say to you bianca yeah. is it's not about the words i don't get hung up because that's going to be then you'll always be are the words right yeah it's really not about the words it's about the way we perceive yeah. things and it's about the way we perceive and the situation with the airplane it's about you know it wasn't a great time to test this like i said but it's about the way you perceive her having a feeling about being on an airplane, which I can relate to. I feel like that on airplanes too. <laughs> I can be off this thing. I can't breathe. You know, it doesn't feel good. Well, um, and, and I think so, also. So just being like, ah, oh, man, this sucks. This sucks. I mean, yeah. not that you want to put that word into her head, but. Oh. Or stinks. Trust me, I say. With, my, with my husband, that's the least of our problems. <laughs> but like, this is a drag, right? You're stuck in this plane and we can't get out and there's all these people oh, yeah. and we're crowded. And instead of saying, I'm sorry, I can't take you on walking and all these things that oh, you can't or do. Or just like a mother just snapping at her kid. Like, yeah, you know, or just they're feeling the same thing. Shh, 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 yeah. Shh. All this stuff, all this effort and energy gets put into and that. If you just let her scream for a second, she'd scream less. You know, if you just been, be like, like, yeah, tell me how much how terrible this is. Rolling out the red carpet for her to have her feeling, yeah. then right. chances are really good that she's going to move on. Move I on. She eventually of like a Coke bottle, and you're just shaking, shaking it, it, like shh. But if you just let it release, right? Yeah, like, yeah. But what about explode. in that in those moments where there isn't wherever you are, an airplane, whatever, where there it's confined, and you have to hold on to them? Is doesn't that doesn't your holding on create more resistance or is that really inconsequential if you are using the right energy and, and language or not language because you said not worry but the, the right feelings around it I think holding on would be okay but I would always consider more I would always think more about containing rather than restraining somebody right. cause restraining feels terrible when you're angry that feels Bad. abusive yeah. almost <laughs> But if you're containing, like, I see these arms going around, you know, like, not saying it, but just, I'm going to stop you. I'm going to put my hands here so that you can't swing at the food or whatever it is. Right. Keeping the movement contained rather than trying to just close it up altogether. So I wouldn't overhold, but certainly holding enough to protect, stop her, protect yes. her from doing something and jumping into the other person's lap yeah. or whatever she's going to do, hitting you, you know. Fighting everybody, you know, yeah, that like that ways, but do the minimal, always do the minimal, you know, that you can do so that you're, you want to always give this, this feeling to your child, like this, you are small and this isn't a big deal to me. You know, I, you're safe, you're small, I'm big, I'm not yeah. threatened by you and this isn't a big deal. So if we overdo, even with the stern face, we're giving the opposite, we're giving 
this is a big deal and you're scaring me and yeah. I've got to be really tough because you're so wild and all this. And no, they're little tiny. Look how tiny she is. <laughs> I know. You know. And they have such power over us right. to make and, us quake in our boots. And when they get, when the parents get so big and scary or like so triggered by the little kids' emotions, like I'm just realizing like, oh, that's why it's scary to have feelings too. Because it's like, wow, if I can, as a baby, can have that kind of influence over my own parent if they can react in such an angry way or if I can if I have a feeling that can shake them that much it's kind of like Elsa and Frozen guys because it's like exactly. then you're kind of like oh my god I have too much pa- I shouldn't feel these things exactly. because I'm making this whole kingdom shake you've really got it Ellie you <laughs> you're ready to take over my job so that's good <laughs> You know what, though? That brought up just, such... Like, it gives me chills. This stuff is so yeah, important. It's yeah. so powerful. Like... But, I mean, how counter... Did anyone get this as a kid? Uh, does, do we know anyone that really had this full-on, yeah, be angry at me, honey, scream at me? Oh, I love it, the pillow it... thing. Because you mentioned, like, it's okay to have a tantrum. Just get a pillow. So yeah. Adam was like, what is this pillow doing in the playroom? I'm like, well, <laughs> Sabrina was just, you know, beating out her feelings. He's like, what is going on? <laughs> And even with that, you got to be casual. Like, oh, this might be gentle under your head. Yeah. You know, not like, don't bang your head on right, the floor. Right, right. You know, right there, you're telling them, yeah. here's a ticket to that you need to keep repeating this to get oh, me upset. Right. Yeah, you know? no, that was. But do yeah. you, okay, here's a question uh, from my girlfriend. She was asking about her daughter pulling her hair. So, and this, I have to know the answer to also. She <laughs> It's pulls, for a friend, quote it's unquote. for a friend. <laughs> She pulls someone who, yeah. <laughs> so this other mother, <laughs> and the mom says, I won't let you do that. That hurts. And then the kid just sort of like goes off and does something else, but it doesn't seem like there's been any sort of real change other than the activity has stopped. She stops pulling hair, but it doesn't seem like there's any sort of emotional shift that's happened. So what do you say when your kid is pulling your hair and you want them to stop but you don't want to shame them but you want them to get that like it hurts you need to stop yeah (laughs) well how old is this child she is uh one and a half okay so that's just the beginning of the well usually around the end of the first year some of this starts to happen the hitting try up trying out hitting the parent or you know pulling the hair i'm getting biting now it's really um the interesting thing is that the, you only have to say once to a child, even a one-year-old, that hurts. I'm not going to let you do that. They, right away, children are such learners at this age, they, they got it. Okay. So if you really want to be a more on top of it parent that isn't phased and I'm not going to shame you, honey, and I'm not going to overreact, just be like, I'm not going to let you do that, that. I'm going to stop you. Just taking their hand, moving it. I'm going to stop you. You know, like, I see what you're doing. I'm going to stop you. So that real connection of, like, understanding, she knows exactly what she's doing. And the reason she doesn't have a, seem to have any emotional reaction is because she's just checking with her mother, what are you going to do? You know, are you going to handle this? How are you going to handle this? I don't think she's pulling hair out of some feeling of anger at her mother I think right. it's like 
Okay, you've acted kind of weird about this in the past. Like, on you, are you on your game today? <laughs> Can you please get on your game? Because I need a mom who's on her game. I mean, that's the under part of the under. Oh, that's interesting. You know? But like, mom, come on. I'm a little kid. Look at me. Hello. Just stop me. Why are you making a face? Why are you saying that hurts? You know, all of this stuff. It's over, over the top for little so, kids. And so she would say, I'm not you know, I'm not going to let you do that. And she reads your book. So she knows like she Mm -hmm. would follow what you're saying about like not, you know, coming from a higher place. Mm -hmm. How, what she's worried about. You just have to sort of accept that it's going to happen again, probably potentially. Well, I, it usually doesn't happen again and again, unless there's something weird in the response that the child is going, this is weird, or this is too powerful. Like you said, or, this is so or maybe not powerful enough no I think it's powerful enough well maybe not if she's afraid that she's gonna yeah maybe that's it because she's coming from here when you were just like I'm not gonna you said a different way than I'm not gonna let you you, I'm not gonna let you do this I'm gonna stop you I'm gonna stop you when you just said I'm gonna stop you I was like oh I've stopped Not because you're afraid of me, right? No, not because of that, but it was because there was the intention behind what you said and the little glimmer in your eye was like, oh, a girlfriend doesn't play. Like this, we're not doing this again. (laughs) Well, and that that was like, oh, if I were, it is so much like, all this stuff feels like the dog whisperer to me. Like, it is a little bit, but but that's also the dog whisperer. The the point that I'm getting from you, which is very much like what most really good dog trainers will tell you, is that there's the alpha male, and all the other dogs in the pack are constantly testing to make sure the alpha male is on top of their game because the minute that the alpha male is not, someone needs to take over. So our kids are always just making sure we're in charge, making sure you're still on top of your game because yeah. they want to feel protected and they want to feel taken care of and. You know, I'm realizing too, it's like so much of the time that I'm saying stuff, I'm worrying, like you said, too much about the words and not about the effect or the strength behind it. Um, and and so if you're on top of your game, you wouldn't be worried about the words. And totally. that's how much kids know. That's how far into it they see. Yeah. So the fact, I think now that I'm thinking about it, the problem is that hurts. Like as if she has to say that. I think that's where she's going off. Okay. So don't say that hurts. Don't say that hurts because you're that hurts. Okay, but, but then they my got that the first it. time. They got that the first oh, time. It's not because right. it's shaming or anything. Yeah, yeah. It's just overkill, you know. It's, they know they're not supposed to do that. They're not doing it to try it out anymore. The first couple times they did it, it was like, oh, what's this? Here's this nice hair. I want to hold this. But then they saw in your face that first time that it hurt. <laughs> and they probably, if it really does hurt, they're going to see it in your face. You don't need to say, that hurts. Like, Because what that hurts is saying is like, what's the matter with you? You're hurting me. You know, oh. why would you hurt me? You're doing something wrong. And, you know, there's a look in the eyes that goes with that hurts. I mean, if she could say, oh, that hurts. I'm not going to let you do that. That's, that hurts a little too much. You know, just a more relaxed okay. but, version of that. Yeah. So when well, we're really on top daughter, of our game, we're we don't even have we're to say relaxed. That. Yeah. No, but we're, we're not needing to them to get the message. And we're... It's like, come on, buddy, I see what you're doing. I'm going to stop you, you know, like, haha, that's very, very funny. You're doing that trick again. I mean, it can come from all those places. But I think the difference with the with the dog maybe is that mm-hmm. we have to be much more even connected with the child to really have this become easy for both of us 
much more like, oh, you know, I said, you're pulling hair again. I know. Yeah. Sometimes you do that on Wednesday afternoon and I'm always going to stop you. Don't worry. You know, that kind of, ah, it's just so easy. Yeah. So, but what I'm saying, you know, to you too, is that you don't have to worry about the words. If you've got that comfort with, yes, kids are going to test. They're going to do all this stuff. If right. they keep doing it, we got to, we could be pretty sure we're giving them too much, giving it too much power somehow, giving, giving that behavior power. Right. Cause when so. I, ha- when I yelp, when she bites me, well, that's going to happen, but it's natural. I'm going to yelp, but man, I'm still holding on to that. I'm going to have to process that. Little well, bite no, you can't not point. yelp, but I mean, it's no, going to happen. Still, like sometimes. I'm a little annoyed that she bit me in the arm yesterday and I'm going to have to let that, I'm going to have to figure out how to let that one go. <laughs> what were well, you doing? I was taking her to the car to a birthday party. Did you tell her you were going to take her to the car? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great. No, I did. <laughs> I told That's her. Interesting. I wonder why she bit you there. Then you know why? Because she I, wanted to walk. Oh. Did and you give her the? A, did it was it, why didn't she walk? Or what was? Why the, didn't she walk? Because we were in a hurry. Oh okay. Oh, I get. I deserve the bite. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. But just to help you. But yeah. we're, the thing is, we're still going to yelp, and we're still going to sometimes go, "Hey, what are you doing?" Like, she had come on, stop. But if we could, if that can be the exception and yes. if the rest of the time we can, it's yeah, fine. It'll, right. it'll work because they don't want a zombie. They want a human. How mom. about the, the hand holding? Like when we walk down the street, it's a very busy street. She will not hold my hand. Of course she'll hold my sitter's hand. She's different energy. So, so that, so I know she's physically capable, obviously <laughs> of holding a hand. Um, she wants to run down the street she wants she doesn't want to hold my hand she wants to be independent and I'll say I'm not gonna we're not gonna walk if I can't hold your hand I need mommy need I need to hold your hand and so we just don't go on walks <laughs> so <laughs> when can I start walking with my kid <laughs> okay I'm backing off on what I said about you've got this no, yes, I you're like oh man my job yeah. is safe she retracted it. Oh, my God. The downward spiral Ellie will hit on the drive home. Oh, my God. Lansbury said I'm not the next Janet Lansbury. <laughs> um, why can't you hold that little hand? She doesn't have to hold she, your hand. Yeah. You have to hold her hand. Is she slippery? Because she will arch her back. Okay. And she will throw herself on the ground. Okay. Which is fine. And then, she, uh, yeah, I guess, you know what? I've never played it out long enough to have the full okay. experience on the corner of our street. So <laughs> Where you, everyone can see you. <laughs> well, and, but yeah, maybe I let her have her well, full Well, you're experience. afraid of her going there. So you're, I don't know, you're, mm. you're, have, you're changing the rules or just doing what she wants because you don't want to, you don't want to deal with that resistance. But resistance is part of being a toddler. And it's healthy. I need to say no to what you do. That makes me feel myself. I'm too. I'm independent. Yeah. I'm a little more my own person. Of course. I get so, to walk down the street by myself. I get to cross the street by myself. No. Yeah, but she doesn't need to do that. She just no, needs to No, I know. I'm say, saying that's what she's thinking. And I don't know if she's even thinking that as much as she's... Th- I, don't, I don't buy that. I think... She, I don't buy that. I think she's thinking I don't want to do what my mom says. You that's don't think she's saying that she wants independence? 
You think she? It's you think it's more I about? I think that's the independence is in the relationship. I think she's wow. saying I need to say the opposite of what you're saying. I don't think she has a need. I mean, that's the, the danger as a parent is like, oh, she really wants to walk on her own. I don't buy that. I think she is showing is testing you here, and I don't think it's such a great gift to walk on your own. At no. her age, she can walk on her own around the house. She can walk on her own. Oh, in the yard, if you have a yard or somewhere safe or somewhere. Yeah, that's let her we, walk we on her own in the park. Let her walk on her own. It's not some big. So so that I think is holding you back because you're feeling like, oh, she kind of really needs to do this. You know, just well, no, way. I just don't. We don't go for the walks then. Like, I, I'm OK with her not exploring yeah. the neighborhood but so, without a hand. But you don't want to face the I don't want to face overpowering the of being. So I would tell her before you go out the door, we're going to go on a walk and you have a choice of. If carrying her, if you don't mind carrying her, or maybe she has a stroller, but you can, you know, I'll carry you, or you can walk holding my hand. Which do you want to do? And then she maybe she says, walk holding your hand, right? But then you get there, and now she's like, no, I don't want to be on your hand. She arches her back, all that. Just let the feelings roll out the red carpet. <laughs> let it go. Like, oh, you don't like this. You don't want to have your hand held. Don't question it. Don't be like, hey, but you said that that's and not just, fair. And keep holding on. To yeah, hand. just hold on. Just, oh, this really, this really doesn't suck what I can never think of another word. This is really awful for you. You hate this. I see. You know, only what you see. Don't say you're so upset or trying to decide what her feelings are. Just say, like, you're not liking this at all. You don't want to hold my hand. You want to, it seems like you want to walk on your own. You don't want to hold my hand. You don't even have to say a lot. I'm just telling you kinds mm -hmm. of things to, to say. You don't have to say much. Just let her do that, express that to you. And she'll stop and she'll walk with you. This is gonna be I can point. guarantee that. We should videotape this. I can time. No, I'm sure you're right. Yeah. But you know, that's why you're Janet Lansbury. Yeah, because she needs to <laughs> express to her mom these yes. toddler feelings of like, oh, I don't like what you do, you know? And it's, I mean, if you can, again, it's letting the feelings be. But if you can be in that interaction with her, it's one of the biggest gifts you can give a child in their relationship. This, it's okay to be this, what you were saying about be all the sides of you, and it's all, I can't remember what you were saying, but yeah. it was so right on. And But then you this, get me to a street corner, and, and it goes right, out the window. But you gotta, you can say it till the cows come home, but you've got to yeah. show her. You've got to prove it. I've been, I've been it. good with that with the car seat lately. Yeah, um, so it's the same thing with thing, hand holding. I think there is. It's something about the when the cars go by. It feels, it starts to feel scary to me when yeah. she gets out of control in a, not a public well, place. She can't get of out of control. You're, look how little yeah. she is compared to you. How I, on earth can she get know, out of control? I know, I need to step into my power. Unless you're afraid of her. That's the only way. So, so how unsafe is it her for her for you to be afraid of her? I mean, that's yes. where we've got to rise to as parents. Like... I know. You I love that she back. chose me, man. Like, you could arch your back. Yeah, she's teaching you some great things, mm -hmm. you know? And if you're like me, it'll carry over into other aspects of your life. You'll just be more confident. You won't let people walk on you. You'll get rid of friends that actually don't treat you that nicely because they're not good to you. And, you know, you'll feel you can do this. It's, it's so true because just even sitting here talking about all of this, it's bringing up a lot for me because I'm like, why? Like, why wouldn't I do that? Why wouldn't I sit with her and let all of that power I mean they are they're these little powerhouses and yeah. 
they have so much and I and I was thinking I mean you know in in your book you write that it's validating the feelings behind the emotions and in parentheses when I wrote that down my note was um how much we long to have our feelings validated and I just think as like a kid I remember when I would talk about things that were going on like I didn't want my parents to fix the problem I just wanted them to hear me and I feel like that's that's it isn't it it's like we don't want our problems to be fixed for us we we know we want to believe that we can do that on ourselves we just want someone to put their arm around us and say like I hear you it's okay I mean, isn't okay. that what we want from our partners all the time? Like men tend to want to fix things, right? <laughs> yes. We're like, no, we just want to bitch about it. Like, can we just bitch? Like, yeah. Can I just, can you just hear me? Yeah. But I, I like it's as we're talking, I'm now going back to like my childhood and thinking about feelings that I had and, and realizing like, even though you set out with the best intentions to do everything, the opposite that your parents did it and, and no, you know, disrespect to them because they were just doing the best that they could, but hi Bianca's mom, (laughs) (laughs) but, but you end up cause it's all, All you know, you just end up, everyone's doing what was kind of how it was done for them. And, um, you know, and I think like in that moment in the airplane, I realized as we were talking about it that I was already also in a mind frame because everyone had given us such dirty looks that I was already mm-hmm. uncomfortable because I thought everyone's pissed at us because we're sitting here with a baby and they're already thinking this is going to be a terrible flight. And then she just confirmed it. <laughs> it was like, yeah, and not only that, I'm going to throw food all over all of you. <laughs> Which then afterwards my husband was like, I was glad you did that. Oh, but by the way, <laughs> in the car on the way home, we all talked about it. You know, when I apologized, I said, I'm sorry I, I got so frustrated. I'm sorry I got frustrated at, at you, babe. And I'm sorry, Magnolia, that I got frustrated at you. And I said, we were all just going like this inside and you were doing it on the outside. And then we all did it together. And she mm-hmm. laughed so hard. So we all just went, ah, like crazy and raved arms. And she was sitting in her car seat and her little legs and arms were, and she was laughing. And we all did it together. And it felt yeah. really good. It was like a release of yeah. that. Yeah. They're very um, authentic, you know? This is the one time in our life we get to be authentic with our feelings. Oh God, Mom, I don't awesome. like this, and I hate when you hold my hand. <laughs> I'm not it's letting okay. go, baby. I'm not letting go. And what you were saying about putting your arm around in the feelings, um, there's one even more level of that that most of us didn't get. Some of us do get, or it's easier for us as parents, too, to be oh, you know, that was so sad that happened and you're disappointed. But the really hard one is the one that where we don't put our arm around because they're mad at us and they don't want us to put our arm around and try to squish that down into, mm, poor right. you. And it's easier to deal with those mushy, sad feelings. I mean, we don't feel good about those either, but it's easier to deal with that than, I don't want to hold your hand yeah. right now or I don't want to be on this airplane. Yeah, because yeah, there was a time when I would get, I would catch myself pulling back because it was like she would be mad at me or she, I would get the cold shoulder from her what I'd say and then I, I would kind of um, give her a little space in a way that was not necessary and had to do with my history passive with aggressive my family <laughs> yeah I mean and yeah. it, it, was, yeah. it was not yeah. passive aggressive it's a yeah, kind of like a shutting down like a, okay yeah. you don't and that's yeah. probably what I did as a kid yeah with I'm gonna people close with off big to emotions you. that didn't you know well it's probably what you were forced to do as a kid because by your parents shut down on your feelings no parents are to blame because their parents and their parents and their parents and we're all just 
you know, but what you two are doing and a lot of people are doing, which is amazing, I think, is trying to really be conscious and think through it and and not just do our impulse. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very hard. Well, and we have resources. I mean, we have people who write great books who we can go and, and look Thank at. And, and one thing I just wanted to ask you about, because I this kind of really struck a chord for me, was when you make your child the audience instead of the actor, which is that you become the show. And, and I, and I feel like it's, it's hard enough to do that as yourself, but also when you go places and people do that to your child. And so, uh, I had an interesting, um, experience with it just recently. And, Magnolia was clearly so not into this person who was like, I'm just trying to entertain her. And I wanted to be like, she's fine. She's sitting right here and she's perfectly fine. But, but we have that people believe like that we need to entertain the kids. And, mm-hmm. and I like me when, <laughs> when, when you started, right? That's what you were yeah, saying. Yeah. I was headed that way. I was yeah. one of them. What do we do when, when we're going down the right path in a lot of these, with mm-hmm. a lot of these aspects of, wanting our children to be able to have their emotions not trying when they start crying not to be like oh look over there at this thing or watch mm-hmm. this video or mm-hmm. uh or let me tickle you a bunch how do we mm. do we just let that happen because it's like that's the grandparents how do we do this without yeah. alienating the rest of the world well it sort of depends how much that person's going to be with your child but generally i would feel really good in knowing that you guys are the ones it's really your influence will overpower anybody else what anybody else does so uh and all of us that were interested in this approach went through this phase where we were first learning about it and we're like everyone do it this way what's the matter with you and then we kind of get it kind of gets sinks in more and you kind of go you know what this is really weird. People aren't doing this. It's okay. It's I'm, and what I'm doing is so powerful with my child. It will take over everything else. So I would definitely choose your battles. I mean, tickling for me would be a line. I I would say like, Oh, she doesn't like that. You know, sometimes you can let your child, you know, with Magnolia, you can probably, she could probably, you know, if somebody's paying attention to her, she'll, she'll go, no, this is, you know, they'll see the look on her face. This isn't, fun I'm not liking this but is this gonna abuse her or damage her no No. not at all like they like the tickling (laughs) I don't know then maybe let it go I don't know but just don't do it yourself I think and because if you play overpowering games with children they can tend to take it out and overpower other children and um or feel like they don't have rights you know so there's reasons not to let it happen all the time but I think yeah anything that happens once in a while I wouldn't worry I, about it because you, you will go crazy you will go crazy just <laughs> your survival matters you're both in the toughest time in terms of energy just the exhaustion at the end of the day is intense with children this age because you have to do so many physical things for them and their emotions and and just trying to always get them to do things and them always saying they don't want to do it and that's what they're supposed to do you know so it's healthy but it's very very tiring so if you start to worry about all these other things you're gonna go over the edge it's tiring (laughs) it's not worth it and and so in that in that same conversation you know Ellie's talking about getting in the car seat I mean there are places like for example Magnolia 
is not a child that likes to ever be buckled anywhere. She wants to be out exploring the universe. And there are times when she has to be, when it's in the car, in the stroller. So those are the times when I tend to reach for something that I can give her. We try Mm -hmm. really, really, really hard. We've been pretty successful with no video stuff, although I will say we fell a little bit victim to watching videos of her doing things because it seems oh, to be the quickest yeah, way. Yeah. Um, okay. But but that's so, the best kind of video, like just home movie. They're very slow paced. And, yeah. You know. Yeah. But so what in those situations, what is your recommendation then? Is it best to let them fuss and cry and scream and whatever? Or is it okay to give them something to... I would fix it if you can. Yeah. yeah. Because there's no reason in the world, any child, you know, you said Magnolia, but there's no child in the world that would want to be stuck in a car seat. There's no reason. Yeah. They can't sit there and look at their watch and say, well, in a few minutes, I'll be at Disneyland. Is, this is worth it. When yeah. they're in the middle, facing the back, there's nothing to look at. Exactly. No, yeah. it's torture. And with a four-month-old, I would just really try to minimize that happening you know them having to be in the car seat because it's that's just why i didn't drive for torture <laughs> they can't understand <laughs> if there's any way yeah you can avoid them going on the errands yell it's oh, yeah. it is it's torture for them they they can't this. understand all their body wants to, to do, do is now move. now my daughter will uh just reach her arm back and we hold hands, which I'm sure is dangerous. Oh, that's nice. Um, that's uh, nice. A last question for you, because believe it or not, it's already been like an hour oh and God. I could just talk to you for another hour of all these things. It's so amazing. But for, for people who have no uh, experience of rye parenting and haven't read any books and maybe pick up one of your books and are like, wow, this really speaks to me. How, what is the best way to implement like, is it okay? Are you going to shock your kid if all of a sudden you just start doing things like this other way? Um, you know, because it's, it is, it can be a very drastic change for people who have been parenting a certain way. So should it be something that people gradually, uh, or is it better to just kind of try and, and do it the best you can as much as you can? Well, it depends on which aspect of it we're talking about. Do you right. want to be specific or do you want me to? Let's say in play, directing play. Let's say mm-hmm. you're always somebody who is uh, facilitating the activities and doing things. And mm-hmm. like, now you're going to go to the park and, or you're going to go into your playroom and you're just going to kind of let your kid be. Right. Um, that I would probably do. That's the one I would do in stages. I was going to say the other one, the, in terms of their behavior and your discipline or whatever yeah. you want to call it, the way you set limits, I would, work on changing that right away because I believe that children in their hearts will be saying, yes, thank you. I got that (laughs) mom that's comfortable. I got that mom that's not pushing everything so hard and making a face at me, you know, distrusting me that really sees me, sees a little kid. So that I would just have no bones about immediately transitioning into. The other one, I actually recommend what you said, going to the park first rather than trying it at home. Um, If your child is used to you always playing with them or setting up activities for them, I would try it at the park first where you say, we're going to the park. And I know sometimes I take you around and put you on the swings and all that. This time, I'm going to sit on the bench. You can sit with me for as long as you like or sit on the grass, whatever you want to do. You can stay with me or you can go play whatever you feel like and really meaning that, you know, right. not be, having them on your lap thinking, come on, go play. Why, what's the matter with her? <laughs> that won't work <laughs> because, again, children know they're so perceptive. We've never been that perceptive, you know, again, in our lives. I mean, they can see children in my class will say 
uh, there'll be, you know, there's eight students in the class, eight families, and they'll say the name of the child that's going to walk in the door next. They'll just, a toddler, a 16-month-old toddler will say, Joey. And then sure enough, Joey oh, shows yeah. up. Yeah, I mean, I think they have this thing that we all mm-hmm. had once that sometimes we get when someone, we're thinking about someone and they call us and we're, that we haven't thought about for a long time. And it's, whoa, that we're in the hole. We're just picking up everything in the universe, you know? If they had to play, if they were able to play those games, do those tests where you have to see everything in the room and then you have to go in another room and tell, write down all the things that you saw, if they could actually physically do that, they would have everything nailed. They yeah. took it all in. So anyway, that's what we're dealing with. <laughs> so yeah, just really meaning it, giving them the, telling them this is something different that we're going to do, acknowledging the change, honestly, like that. And then giving them that choice at the park, I think, is really nice. And if they sit with you the whole time and they're watching other kids and looking around, they're learning just as much as if they're out there. I mean, you've got to know that because that's true. They're checking out how did this child react with that child and who did that what? And they're probably learning more than if they're out there, to be honest, Uh, which is another thing I tell parents in my class. It's okay if they want to stay with you. This is their place to, to venture off or not. You know, and in all these other instances in life, we're the ones leaving and separating from them. Give them this chance during play to be the ones that separate from you. It's it's a gift for them to be able to be, I'm ready to leave you now, Mom. Mm-hmm. Right. Here I go. So anyway, that's how I would set it up, and I would I would try it there first, and then I would say, you know, we're going to try this at home now. I just want to sit and see what you're doing. And it's not like we're... When we observe children play, it's not like we're robots and we don't respond or we act strange or anything different. It's just not taking it further. So if they hand us a toy, we say, oh, thanks, and not say, oh, look at this. I'm turning it around, you know, whatever. Not doing anything more with it, just being responsive. It's a really fun thing to practice, especially for people that are doers that like to be the ones doing. I'm not that kind of person, so this this part of it was a lot easier for me. But just to respond and do nothing more, not give anything more. Just just be the responsive person. It's fun, and you'll see children do play with you. They bring you into their games, but it's very relaxing and fun because you're really getting to see them, too. Just like I saw my daughter as an infant that time. I got to see her so clearly. You'll, you'll see your child. You'll learn so much about them. You'll learn what they're into, what they're like, how they are with kids, what they like to do, you know, whether it's at home just with them or or out you'll learn so much and it's really the joy of parenting if when you get your child used to this if it is a change if you can do this from the beginning all the easier but you'll see that this is your pleasure time of parenting and we all need that we need a lot of pleasure time to balance all the hard time and the work and the kind of the drudgery aspects of it there's a lot of that so in the time we have to be the cop and say, no, we can't leave it, all that stuff. So yeah, it's, it's a wonderful thing that I think too many of us don't know, and I know I wouldn't have, to uh, take advantage of. It's, it's the bonus, the gift. So I recommend it. But yeah, I would do that one in stages. Yeah. Well, thank sense. you so much for joining us. And You're for welcome. our listeners, please find Janet Lansbury's blog janetlansbury.com and her books no bad kids toddler discipline without shame and elevating child care a guide to respectful parenting uh, she explains rye parenting further and also 
you know, why we should avoid saying good job. And she has a beautiful section on when a child's uh, experiencing loss, whether that be not being an only child anymore or, you know, losing the family dog or if mom just has to go pee, like (laughs) all those different Uh. experiences of loss. And she talks about independent play more and about sports casting, your child's struggles, which is amazing. Um, just fine. There, she just has so much more. Also, yeah, on Facebook, you're, is it just uh, Janet Lansbury? Elevating childcare. Yeah, it's called yeah. Janet Lansbury. And, and she posts so many articles, and it's great because I love going on there and reading because people come on and post questions. And then I love how you say, can somebody else weigh in and tell? So people get the dialogue going. It's really fascinating to read and see how others are implementing rye parenting um and uh it helped me a lot just in a night of perusing uh, a bedtime read um but we just janet is gonna have a podcast of her own oh yes oh yeah we will be share sure to share her link uh thank you yeah i'm starting a weekly podcast series janet lansbury unruffled (gasps) i love the name (laughs) and that's by the way it's a perfect description because when i think about our time here this last hour to me, the one message that came across the most clear was that idea of enacting. It's like we say, throw away that line, right? It's like there's there's no weight to the line. The weight is in the, in the 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 feeling behind it, um, and uh, and I think that's been the biggest lesson for me today. So um, we just are so honored to have you here, and thank you so much. And I hope that you will come back and visit us again sometime. I'd love to. You ladies are very fun and very sweet and very good parents. <laughs> well, so we're trying. <laughs> um, actually, since you're here, Janet, would you yes. mind reading one of your quotes? Because a lot of our moms are working on self-care and, and how hard that can be. Sweet. So this is something I pulled the last paragraph. Oh, okay. So yeah, this is um, from my book, Elevating Child Care. If you're a sensitive person who can't sleep deeply with your baby near you, but you're co-sleeping because you think you should, you're not taking care of yourself. If you want to wean your child or limit your toddler's nursing, but you feel guilty about that, you're not taking care of yourself. If you need to go to the kitchen to make a cup of coffee, but you're afraid to leave your fussy baby or screeching toddler, you're not taking care of yourself. In fact, if you feel guilty about any self-care moment, you're probably not taking care of yourself. This is, this is so much of what we talk about on this podcast. And I think at the heart of really every guest that we have come on in our um, effort to let parents understand that they come first and that they're, that no choice that you make because somebody else, you feel fearful that if you do it another way, you're going to be judged. Um, that what's most important is you feel good about what you're doing. That's um, true. And the nice thing about this approach is it gives you guidelines for really developing a person-to-person relationship with your child. That doesn't just mean your child's a whole person. That means you are too. You get to be a person in this relationship, not just somebody that, whatever you want, sweetie, or like, I've just got to do everything for you. Like, I need to go get a cup of coffee before I can sit and watch you play. That's perfectly fine. Your child will learn to respect this and, and uh, therefore have self-respect, you know, and have learn personal boundaries so there's no downside to having a two-person relationship as a parent yeah the one the one quote i'd love to leave with from your book was be yourself so that i can be myself too i love that okay guys trust in your goodness live out your greatness rock Rock on on, atomic Atomic Moms. moms
If you like listening to comedy, try watching it on the internet. The folks behind the Sideshow Network have launched a new YouTube channel called Wait For It. It's got interviews with comedians like Reggie Watts, Todd Glass, Liza Schleichinger, Schleichinger. I've been friends with her for 10 years. One of the funniest people out there, and I still have a hard time with the last name, Liza. Our very own Owen Benjamin, that's me, takes you on a musical journey down internet rabbit holes and much more. You don't have to wait any longer. Just go to youtube.com slash waitforitcomedy. There's no need to wait for it anymore. Because it's here. And it's funny. And I love you. A few days ago, Brooke Tudine posted an inspirational quote on her wall that got 17 likes and three comments. Thumbs up, Brooke. Geico also wants to make a comment. In just 15 minutes, you could save hundreds of dollars on your car insurance by switching to Geico. And nothing says inspiration better than saving money. Well, except for those posters that say things like teamwork, excellence, and make it happen. Hashtag keep climbing. Hashtag savings. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance.